Hey, y'all, we're rerunning two episodes today. Enjoy the show. Welcome back to This Day in History class, where we reveal a new piece of history every day. The day was June 12, 1929. A Jewish girl named Annalise Marie Frank, better known as Anne Frank, was born in Frankfurt am Main, Germany, to Edith and Otto Frank. Anne Frank is well known for her story of persecution during the Holocaust. Anne and her family went into hiding in 1942 during the German occupation of the Netherlands in World War II. The family was soon discovered and sent to concentration camps. Anne's father, Otto, was the only one in the family to survive the Holocaust. But Anne Frank had kept a diary during her time in hiding, which Otto worked hard to get published. The diary has now been translated into many languages, sold millions of copies, and has been adapted for other mediums. Anne Frank was born into a family of modest wealth and prominence. Otto was a well-to-do businessman. But after the Nazis came to power in Germany, Anne's parents decided to move to Amsterdam, away from so much anti-Semitism and a suffering economy. In Amsterdam, Otto established a company that dealt in pectin, which is a substance used as a setting agent in jams and jellies. Anne's father, mother, and older sister, Margot, immigrated first, and Anne joined them in Amsterdam in February of 1934. But beginning in May of 1940, Nazi Germany occupied Amsterdam. After Anne and her family had settled into life in Amsterdam, Living in the Netherlands became dangerous as the Nazis began to persecute Jewish people. Anne was forced to transfer from a public school to a Jewish school in September of 1941. In 1942, on her 13th birthday, Anne got a plaid diary. But as the Nazis began to send Jewish people to concentration camps and Margot got a letter saying she needed to report for work at a labor camp, the Frank family went into hiding. On July 6th, they began living in an attic above Otto's office at Prinzengrath 263. In her diary, Anne called their hiding spot the Secret Annex. The entrance to the hiding spot was behind a movable bookcase. Some of Otto's friends and colleagues, including Meep Hees, smuggled food, clothes, supplies, and information to the Franks. Not long after the family began hiding there, they were joined by four Dutch Jewish people. The space was cramped, and Anne was often scared. They had to stay quiet so the people working below could not hear them, and they could not go outside. Anne wrote in her diary about the war, her fears, her daily life, her hopes for the future, and her personal issues and experiences. She even wrote short stories in the diary. On August 4th, 1944, just three days after Anne wrote her last diary entry, the Gestapo, or German secret state police, discovered the Franks and the people in hiding with them. It's not clear how the Gestapo found the hiding place, but a Gestapo official and two Dutch police officers arrested the people in hiding and two of the people who had been helping them. The Frank family was sent to Westerbork Transit Camp on August 8th. 
In early September, the Franks were put on a train headed to the Auschwitz-Birkenau concentration and extermination camp. Anne, her sister Margot, and her mother Edith were chosen to do heavy forced labor. Otto went to a camp for men. Hundreds of other people who were on their train were immediately murdered. In October, Anne and Margot were transferred to the Bergen-Belsen concentration camp in northern Germany, while their mother and father stayed at Auschwitz. Edith died in Auschwitz in January of 1945, just before its evacuation. Otto was found at Auschwitz when Soviet troops liberated the camp on January 27th. Contagious diseases were rampant at concentration camps, and Anne and Margot got typhus while at Bergen-Belsen. They died in February of 1945 of the infectious disease, weeks before the camp was liberated. The other people who hid with the Franks at Prinzengrat 263 also died in the Holocaust. Nazi Germany officially surrendered to the Allies on May 7, 1945. Otto soon found out that his wife and children had died. But friends who searched the Franks' hiding place after the family was arrested returned to Otto papers that the Gestapo had left behind. Meet Peace had preserved Anne's diary and gave it to Otto, and Otto helped turn Anne's writings into a manuscript. Anne's account of life in hiding during the Holocaust has since kept the Frank legacy alive. I'm Eve Jeffcoat, and hopefully you know a little more about history today than you did yesterday. But if you want to hear even more history, you can listen to a new podcast I host called Unpopular. Unpopular is about people in history who defied conventions of their time and were sometimes persecuted for it. You can listen wherever you listen to this day in history class. And if you're so inclined, you can follow us at TDIHC Podcast on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Thanks again, and we'll see you tomorrow. A quick content warning before we start the show today. This episode contains mention of sexual abuse. Hey y'all, I'm Eves, and welcome to This Day in History Class, a podcast that brings a little bit of the past to the present every day. The day was June 12, 1892. Writer and illustrator Juna Barnes was born in Cornwall on Hudson, New York. Barnes is best known for writing the modernist novel Nightwood. Barnes's grandmother, Zottle, had a big influence on her. Zottle was also a writer, and she advocated causes like spiritualism and the philosophy of free love. There is some indication that Barnes may have faced sexual abuse and incest through her family relationships, and these themes show up in her work. But Juna never confirms this. However, her family did encourage her to marry Percy Faulkner, a 52-year-old, when she was around 18. They only stayed together for a few months. Barnes began writing at an early age to support her mother and brothers. She studied at Pratt Institute and the Art Students League of New York for a while, and she worked as a freelancer writing for magazines and newspapers like the Brooklyn Daily Eagle, the New York Press, New York World Magazine, and New York Morning Telegraph. A lot of her work was so-called stunt journalism that was subjective. 
For instance, in 1914, she opted to be force-fed to experience what suffragists on hunger strikes were going through. In addition to her journalism, Barnes was also writing poems, short stories, and one-act plays, as well as creating drawings that were being published in small press magazines. In 1915, her chapbook called The Book of Repulsive Women, Eight Rhythms, and Five Drawings was published. The chapbook contained lesbian imagery at a time when writing was being censored for sexual content, but the collection avoided censorship, as censors and some readers did not always understand the references in the work. Barnes got some recognition for three one-act plays that were produced by a collective called the Provincetown Players in 1919 and 1920. Barnes moved to Paris in the 1920s, joining artist and writer circles in the city's left bank. In 1922, she interviewed writer James Joyce for Vanity Fair, and in 1923, she published a collection of poetry, plays, and stories called A Book. Writer, Barnes's first novel was published in 1928. The chapters in the book are written in different styles, and it's believed to be somewhat autobiographical. It contained themes of sexuality and polygamy, and it was censored when it was published. When Barnes and her editor were told to get rid of some of the text and drawings in the book, Barnes called for asterisks to replace the censored parts so that there was, quote, matter for no speculation where sense, continuity, and beauty have been damaged, as she put it in the foreword to the book. Her second novel, Nightwood, was published in 1936. It's considered one of the most influential novels of the modernist period. It follows the love affairs of a woman named Robin Vogt in Paris, and it was noted for explicitly portraying lesbian relationships. It contained moments of humor and moments of tragedy, and it too had to be edited because of concerns about censorship. The book got good reviews, but it didn't sell that well. After Nightwood was published, Barnes dealt with depression, alcoholism, and illness. She stopped writing and returned to New York City. For the rest of her life, she lived in an apartment in Greenwich Village. During these years, Barnes became somewhat reclusive. Her verse play, The Antiphon, was first published in 1958, and it drew on her own family relationships. And her collection of poetry, Creatures in an Alphabet, was published in 1982. Barnes wrote mostly poetry in the last two decades of her life, but she didn't publish as much as she did previously. She died in 1982. Some of her early works were reprinted after her death, and her writing has received renewed interest. I'm Eve Shefcoat, and hopefully you know a little more about history today than you did yesterday. And you can hit us up on social media. We're at TDIHC Podcast on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can also send us an email at thisday at iheartmedia.com. Thanks again for listening to the show, and we'll see you tomorrow. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.